Hi, everybody. Eve Harrow, Rejuvenation on the Land of Israel Network. I am now in one of the most beautiful places in the world. Not that I've been all over the world, but one of the most beautiful places I've ever been to, Aspen, Colorado. The end of the last speaking gig and a long two-week out of Israel. It's been amazing. Shabbat in Los Angeles at Beverly Hill, in Beverly Hills by the Jacob Congregation. I spoke five times. It was exhausting but exhilarating. Wonderful people. And I am, uh, it is, by the way, August 14th, 2023, and the 27th day of Av, 5783. And I'm back in Aspen at the invitation of Dr. Alan Altman. Aspen. Aspen. Oh, no. I said, yeah, Aspen, right. Um, at the invitation of uh, now a very good friend, uh, Dr. Alan Altman, whom I met through camera initially, the media organization, and, and then it just morphed into so much more. He and his wife, Judy, have brought me here. I think this is the fourth time they brought me out here. And we'll talk about why and what he does here. Um, and anyhow, meantime, it's just, uh, and I'm just enjoying God's world, just the trees, the nature, everything. It's just a beautiful place to be and a wonderful way of, uh, of ending this, this crazy trip that I'm having. So Alan, thank you so much once again for inviting me here. Well, first of all, that's a, a pleasure to have you here again. Um, we're trying to get this to feel like your second home, <laughs> uh, but. You know, in the summer, it's warm, like it could be in Israel, and it's dry, like it could be in Israel. But uh, Aspen is a very special place. Uh, uh, Judy and I have been here for just about 18 years. And when we first got here, and I was still on a motorcycle at the time, we biked into Aspen on Shabbos uh, because the temple that was part of the Aspen Jewish community, which was reform, was closed on Shabbos. It, it, mm -hmm. You know, they did a Friday night service and they took out the Torah and that's it. And as we're driving in town on Main Street, on a corner next to this little shack, I see this menorah and I go, oh my God, Chabad is here. <laughs> and sure enough, uh, a year or two before Rabbi Mendelman got here, and the rest is history. We have this magnificent Chabad Center, JCC in Aspen, uh, and very well received. And so that made us comfortable right away. Uh, interesting about Aspen is the Aspen Institute, which is world-renowned for bringing in all sorts of statesmen and brilliant people and scientists and so forth, uh, except Everything at the Aspen Institute is heavily left-wing. Mm -hmm. uh, you get a whole different view of things. What you hear at the Aspen Institute is very similar to what you hear in the American press. It's like uh, very towards, towards the left. And that stimulated me to begin something called Aspen Counterpoint. Aspen Counterpoint was the organization through Chabad at the JCC where we decided to bring in more conservative thinking speakers, people from Israel, people from America, who could give another side of the story to the Aspen population, which, by the way, is, is of course, an extremely intelligent, relatively well-off population. 
And when we started doing this, what I learned was that people would hear things at this Aspen counterpoint, and they would look at me afterwards and say, thank you for bringing this person in. I didn't know this was going on. A case in point, Anne Bayevsky, who is part of the of the UN, a human rights watch at the mm -hmm. UN, came in and gave an hour and a half talk on what was going on in the UN with respect to Israel. These very intelligent 150 people looked at this like, who knew? Right. And and that's the the hole that we were filling here in Aspen, uh, bringing what we consider the truth to Aspen instead of a one-sided story. So, I'm so, so I'm the last speaker in this uh, in this summer. Who else have you had summer, here? This summer we had Alan Dershowitz. Uh, I interviewed him for about ninety minutes, which was absolutely fascinating, especially discussing judicial reform in Israel. Uh, we brought back. Heather McDonald, uh, whose new book, um, which was Race Trump's Merit, not the word Trump specifically mm. in between, but Race Trump's Merit. Uh, and she's always excellent talking about that. Um, and who else Brooke, do we? Brooke, Brooke Goldstein? Uh, Goldstein was here for a Shabbos, this past Shabbos. Uh, so she spoke at the Kiddush after, uh, no, mm -hmm. at the Shabbat, Shabbat dinner on Friday night, she spoke. It, it, we've had incredible people come here. We brought in Dr. Stanley Feingold, who was a former head of teaching of education at University of Pennsylvania School of Medicine, who left and formed a nonprofit called Do No Harm. And he was telling us about what's happened to medical school admissions and what they're teaching in medical school, which is how to be social justice warriors as opposed to how to make a diagnosis and treat a patient. This impacts all of us in the future uh, as far as who is going to be our healthcare providers. And I know for you as well, I mean, you're now semi-retired physician, but this is a really important area for you. It's hugely important. Uh, I can't tell you how many people listening to this were were mortified, <laughs> which is a good term to when you're talking about doctors, mortified to hear what was going on. And of course, I also spoke up when he was here about my embarrassment of the medical profession in the way it is handling this whole transgender movement. Just saying, oh, you know, anybody, it's called affirmation therapy. If a 10-year-old walks in to a psychologist or psychiatrist's office and is referred there and says, you know, I, I'm a boy, but I really feel like I'm a girl, uh, that has to be affirmed. You can't sit down and do exploratory therapy to figure out what, why did this happen? What led to this? What else is going on in your life? You can't do that. The professional societies dictate that you have to affirm, oh, that's wonderful. I'm here to help you. Uh, you ready to go on hormones or have your breast removed? It just boggles the mind. So this was also opening the minds of the local people here to what was really going on.
Mm-hmm. And I mean, just to tell you, listeners, you weren't just like a regular physician. I mean, you might as well give some of your credentials. I am a gynecologist by training, obstetrician gynecologist, stopped obstetrics long, long time ago and focused on menopause and female sexual dysfunction. So when it comes to the idea that teenagers go through changes, well, hello, that's what they're supposed to do. You don't stop them in the middle of those changes and suggest, well, you know, if you're not sure, let's make you into the other sex. It, it just, it totally boggles the mind. But I am still very involved in menopause uh, and sexual dysfunction, which also is sexual dysfunction in the male uh, partners of many of the women mm-hmm. that see me in consultation. So I'm I'm very much in touch with what's going on sexually and what kids go through and their changes in their teenage years. And I'm aghast at what my medical profession is doing with that. It's just, it's it's an outrage what's happening. Now, let me also say, I have a niece who became my nephew, okay? But that was in her 30s. First, she was a lesbian, then she transitioned to male Mm -hmm. in the 30s. Hey, I respect that. You want to do that? Great. That's your body. That's what you've decided to do. But in your 30s, not at the age of seven or the age of 13. And I have another niece who, for the first 10, 12 years of her life said, call me David. Hmm. And she dressed up as a boy. And her parents let it happen. And guess what? She just delivered her first baby three weeks ago. It so was just a phase for They her. go through that. Yeah. That's what teen years are about. So this affects me closely. Right. Uh, so I, 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 I'm not against it, but I'm just against it from the wrong people mm-hmm. too early in their lives. I'm against uh, the public schools exposing kids in first and second grade to this stuff. They don't even know what the hell a gender is. Mm-hmm. So it's it's you have to stand up for this because if you don't, it's just going to happen. And it's become the political correct thing. You can't say anything, but you say a lot of things, you really speak truth to power on a lot of different realms. Uh, this is one of them. And I, I see how passionate you are about it because you over 50 years made a career in this and how upset you are. But um, when it comes to Israel also, which is a, is a great love of yours, um, and the the lies that are being touted about Israel all the time that you're pushing back against. You know, it's interesting you say all the time, and I'll say this outright, because I'm on the board of camera. Uh, every February, we go to Israel for their national meeting, international meeting. And so I've been to Israel numerous times, brought my family numerous times. When I get there, I feel such a closeness of this is my family. You know, mm-hmm. people say, do you have family in Israel? I say, yeah, the whole country is my family. <laughs> but I must tell you, honestly, by the time two weeks later that I leave, I'm so pissed off <laughs> at, of, of what you listen to over there with respect to what the left is trying to maintain against the will of the people, and especially now, Mm -hmm. uh, it drives me crazy. 
Yeah, well, that's what you brought me in to talk about tonight. As as a little person, you know, as just someone who's living in Israel, but in a very broad sense knows the country, um, what is ha- what is happening there? And I hope that we get a nice crowd. Uh, we've been meeting people in the last couple of days just walking down the street who say they want to come and understand. And that in itself is um, is super important, that people know that they don't know. What they're taught and what they hear, because many of them at a high intellectual level what do they do? They read the New York Times. Mm. They listen to MSNBC or CNBC. That's how they get their news. Mm. So you can't blame them, especially the Jewish ones who think this is the way you're supposed to act and this is what's going on. Mm -hmm. We get reports out of Israel that that frighten the daylights out of you. Uh, that is repeated by the media in this country, what we call the MSM, the mainstream media. Uh, thank God for the internet to at least be able to get some some truth about what's happening. Right. And that's exactly why I brought you here, because what we're hearing is that there is basically a military coup being, being stimulated there, mm-hmm. that the army saying it won't stand up and stuff like that. And we bring you in to put that into context. What's really going on mm-hmm. there? Uh, and and so that's what we get fed here. And that's why I bring you here to give us a person on the ground in Israel whose family is involved with this, who lives this every day. You know, it's it's very easy to think that, oh, Israel is nasty to the, quote, Palestinian this country when you live in Judea and Samaria and and Rabbi D's wife and two daughters get ambushed and, and murdered. And Christiane Amanpour reports that there was a shootout that they were involved in. That's what you hear here. Right. It's, it's so... We've got to bring the information to the people. Mm-hmm. I tell you, when I when I arrived in Aspen 2006 or 2003, we were here part-time for a couple of years, it was a very, very liberal left-wing community, uh, probably 98% to 2%. And I think partially because of how people are changing, but also partially because of the speakers we bring in. I'd say it's at worst 65-35, now wow. maybe 60-40. That's because, a huge difference yeah. that just a few of you have made. It's, it's, it shows you the power of, of what you can do locally. Uh, Cambridge, Massachusetts, a city I, I love to hate, uh, when I was in Boston for 35 years as a physician, they always taught act locally, globally, and it'll reflect, I'm sorry, act locally, it'll reflect globally. Hmm. And that's what you, we found here. We're very, very proud of, of how we brought speakers in to help people understand mm-hmm. better than what they're being fed. I know in past years, I followed up on Carolyn Glick and Eugene Kantorovich and Itamar Marcus and people who really brilliant people who've devoted their lives to all of this. It's huge. Raymond Ibrahim, mm. we brought in to speak. I want to bring him in to speak again uh, about Islam. Who's, he's a, a genius, brilliant when it comes to Islam. 
we also brought in six liberal Islamists, not Islamists, but people from Islam, including uh, Dr. Judy Jasser, including, um, I forget her name, Rachel, whatever. These were liberal Muslims who are trying to change the Muslim world and and straighten help straighten out Islam from being so violent and so forth, or at least parts of it. But these are people risking their lives every time they open their mouths. We have three hundred people listening to them talk about what. Islam really was what it means to them, how important it is as a religion, and how it's been hijacked. Hmm. I we're so proud of the kind of people that we bring in like that, as you should be. So, um, last October, I think you came to Israel for this jazz festival, and for a couple of days, you came out with me. Really, I think for the first time, we spent a day in the Shomron in Samaria and a day in Gush Etzion in Judea, and you brought a few people with you as well who'd never been. And one of the days we were in the Shiloh area, and I took you to lunch, a really good lunch at Chumos Eliyahu outside of Eli. And then just a couple of months ago, four people were killed there, just eating Chumos in the same place we'd been. And I was in touch with you, and you said, now I get it in a completely different way. Now, this was, it was in Eli or Eli? How do you say Eli. it? I pronounce Eli. it Eli. Eli. Yes. Um, the two couples that we had with us are friends who live here in Aspen who are not particularly knowledgeable about Israel other than the fact that they're Jewish, which is not unusual here in mm-hmm. Aspen. And we brought them together with you. You took us to Shiloh, which I knew very little about. And and it's amazing. It was just the Parsha this past yeah. week. Um, that explained that Shiloh came before Jerusalem. It's where the tabernacle was. So that was interesting to them. But the and and the the way you taught us about what's going on in uh, the Shamran and Judea was very eye opening to them. But you also said, I'm going to take you to the best hummus in all of Israel. <laughs> and it happened to be in Ailey, in a Fakatka gas station. Right. <laughs> okay. So, you know, I'm, I brought this group of people with you, and you pull into the gas station, and you point to the restaurant in the back, and I'm going to myself. Oi, I hope this is not a disaster. You know, I really wanted to present Israel to this these other two couples. It was fabulous. They make it there in front of you. It was warm. It was the most delicious hummus I've ever had. There's no such thing as hummus anymore <laughs> right? because I had that. And then, sure enough, two months later, four people are killed because these two terrorists came in and killed them and shot them in that restaurant. Mm-hmm. Yes, that that changed me a little bit. Uh, I, I'm from way back. I won't even say the name of the person that I was mentally a follower of, but he was our rabbi. Um, and so I've always been there, but these people were not. And boy, it sure brought them up very quickly mm-hmm. uh, to to hear about that right where we right. were. 
And the day to, I mean, you saw the day to day lives. We're on those roads. We're driving around all the time. We're not going to let the terrorists stop us, but they definitely, and they're getting, it's getting even worse. But we, it's so important sometimes. And I know people are afraid, but it's so important to get into the belly of the beast, as I call it, and see the reality and the fact that terrorism makes people afraid to come into these areas. And then you don't understand what's happening. Then you don't see the huge Arab mansions that we pointed out that day and the Jews living in the caravans because they can't be permission to build. It's a confusing day. It's a heartbreaking day. It's a fascinating day, but it needs to be done for anyone who really, really cares about finding some kind of solution here to the whole mess, which I know you do. You know, it's interesting. Uh, Just the theater in Aspen as an example uh, wokeness has come into Broadway theater. I mean, it's it's really ridiculous. I won't even discuss it. But one of the main people in theater here in Aspen, where we were trying to get the teachers not to say to the young students, what are your pronouns, when you the first time they mm-hmm. meet them, that wokeism... I was asked by one of the main people in the theater administration, do you really want to die on this hill? And the answer is yes, because if I don't die on this hill, it's just going to continue. And that's the same thing that you're talking about Mm -hmm. in Judea and Samaria. We we have to be there. Mm -hmm. We have to understand it. Otherwise, it's going to be taken. Right, right. And taken by people who are not just inimical to Israel's future, but every decent human being on the earth. Yeah. I, listen, I I don't know how this will go over with your listeners, but as far as I'm concerned, Jordan's Palestine. That, that was part. <laughs> Some of my listeners might be okay with that. <laughs> that. That was part of the original Palestine mandate. Yeah. And we gave up 83% of it for peace. Yeah. We're not right. peace. Yeah. We're not peace. So in addition to all of this that you're doing here and all your activity here in Aspen that you're bringing in, uh, it, I was talking to Judy, to your lovely wife, who's full partner with you and everything that you do here. And you guys are heading out to the Middle East pretty soon. So getting off of politics and getting off of all that. Um, tell us a little bit about your next uh, adventure. Well, I think it's so incredibly apropos that your program is called Rejuvenation. <laughs> We plan, well, let's go back a little. There is a regimen of hyperbaric therapy um, that was founded after 25 years of study just outside of Tel Aviv. And Explain what that means. I will. Hyperbaric means high pressure. So it's as if you're going down 300 feet in the ocean, where there's much more pressure than at, at sea level, uh, and that pressure in a chamber, and these chambers hold 20 people, it's not like a little thing where you feel claustrophobic, that pressure, along with 100% oxygen on your face, is hyperbaric therapy, because the pressure takes the 100% oxygen, pushes it into your system, and there are benefits to that. Basically, the original benefits of this kind of therapy are for diabetics who have a leg ulcer and the 
high oxygen content of the air plus the pressure pushing into your system, you don't feel that pressure. You might feel a little clogging of the ears and you swallow like on an airplane. That's all you feel, but it gets much better oxygen into your system that would heal a leg ulcer on a diabetic because they have lousy circulation down in. The essence of this is that as we age, and I'm proud to say I'm 75 later this year, next month, we have wounds in our brains. There's less blood perfusion to areas of the brain. And what this process does, what this regimen does, is it restores the blood flow. So it's as if it's trying to make your brain two, three decades younger, which I desperately need personally. This, as I said, it was developed in Israel. There's a lot of very good data in real medical journals about this. And it's, it's a, may I say the company? I'm not involved. The company, it's, called, it's called Aviv spring ah. and backwards is viva so mm -hmm. it's called uh aviv centers uh, and my sons were in dubai they're re in real estate residential real estate they were lecturing in dubai and these israeli entrepreneurs came up to them in dubai which i understand a whole lot of israeli entrepreneurs in dubai and said they, they wanted to do some real estate deals with them but they showed them these clinics and God bless my sons, the first thing they said to each other was, mom and dad have to come here. Wow. So they've arranged for us to undergo this treatment. Now, of course, it was developed in Israel, so there's no treatment on Fridays and Saturdays <laughs> on Shabbos. So it's five days a week for three months. So it's 60 days of therapy, two hours a day. You're in this chamber with 20 other people. And you're working on your computer and whatever. It's a remarkable treatment from the data that I have read. Uh, and it has to do not only with blood flow to the brain, it's got to do with your stem cells, it's got to do with your um, telomeres, which are the tips of DNA, which shorten as you age, this re-lengthens them. It's got to do with diminishing inflammation in your body, a bunch of changes. So we are anxious to do it and see what it is. We'll be in Dubai supposedly for three months from mid-November to mid-February, which means and I, I have to tell you, this is a real sacrifice. We're not going to have three months of skiing here in Aspen. Wow. Um, but we're doing it then because it's the coolest time mm -hmm. to be in Dubai. It's not as hot, obviously, as it is in the summers. And we've we've made sure we have the option if we choose to, we can do half in Dubai and half back in Tel Aviv. So mm -hmm. we can always go home to Israel uh, and do it there. But the fact that it's called rejuvenation is, is just perfect for this explanation. So maybe we can use this interview as the baseline, like as the before, and then I'll interview you afterwards and we'll see if well, there's any I mean, difference. I mean, I'm teasing you. I mean, I want to talk to you afterwards because I'll be much younger than you. Oh, are. okay. <laughs> <laughs> That's what our, our, our friends who hear about it, they say, well, we want to hear about when you come back. I said, we may not want to talk to you right, when you come back. Right. We will be writing a blog while we're there uh, as our good friends who are doing it next week uh, in the States, because there is one center in 
the villages outside of Orlando and Florida, mm-hmm. which is the single largest retirement community on planet Earth. There are 140,000 people there. Over the age of? 55, at, mm-hmm. at the very young. And there are lots of stories about it. I'm not yeah. going to go into that. But um, they're doing it there for a different reason. So they blog quite a bit. So we'll get the information from them. Then we'll do it. So this is kind of still in its experimental stage. And I would also imagine beyond the reach of your average person. It is beyond the reach of the average person because right now it's very expensive. Mm-hmm. Um, however, I wouldn't say it's so experimental because it's 25 years of collecting data on this. So it's something that is in full swing now, although I can't wait to get there to add some information to the pre-treatment questionnaire and the post-treatment questionnaire about menopause and about sexual function. They've already shown that they can treat erectile dysfunction in men because of the increase in, in systemic blood flow and erectile dysfunction is all about blood flow. Mm-hmm. So I want to have questions before, are you postmenopausal? If you are, are you on estrogen? And then see the results of the women who are on estrogen versus the people who are not as to how they progressed with respect to mental function and brain function. So that's big because as many of us know, a lot of the data and research is done on men. And this is a particular area that has nothing to do with men. And so unfortunately, it hasn't been researched as extensively as it should. So you coming in with your background and your expertise and you're really caring for women in that way, you know, and, and women's health is is huge. And, and I'm so glad that not only are you going to be a part of it, but you're going to add to it and you're going to, you know, make their their work more extensive. I, I sincerely am excited about this. Yeah. Uh, and it 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 turns out that the kind of information we can glean from this process can really be earth changing. Mm-hmm. Uh, so the more information we get, the better off it is. Mm-hmm. When I say we, I'm I'm considering myself part of the research team, mm-hmm. which I'm not yet until I get there. And and just for your audience, I have no financial connection <laughs> to this. That's a disclaimer. Mm-hmm. I am purely going as a patient, mm-hmm. uh, and I am purely working to find out more information about women right. and postmenopausal function. Amazing. Okay, so uh, we were kind of all over the place here, yeah. which is what I love because you're all over the place. I mean, you're uh, you're really involved with so many things and. You know, you're saying that you're turning 75, but your foot's still heavy on the gas as much as it can be in your own personal life, but it also really continuing to educate. And And I'm just, I have to thank you again for bringing me in. I think this is the fourth time that you brought me in, a glutton for punishment. And it becomes one of the highlights of my year. One of the tapes that we did was, I think, at the crossing uh yes the Eretz crossing when i first met you years ago we were i did a little interview with you i think at the gushetstone junction yes and that's right and because you were there and you were seeing things for the first time 
which is huge. I mean, my audience knows I can't emphasize that enough. Not as a tour guide, just come. Come, see for yourselves, educate yourselves. Also, as a religious experience, there's nothing like it, no matter what religion you are. It's just because really, I think a lot of us understand that so much of what's happening in the world now is, is a battle for God. I mean, it's God people versus not um, and what does that look like on so many different levels? This is so much bigger than people can imagine and scary. Marxism takes away religion. Marxism takes away the family. Yeah. It, it's just, it's exactly what's going on here. Yeah. And really in the is. States, as well as what I'm seeing mm -hmm. going on in Israel. Uh, and it's absolutely frightening. Yeah. It is. But as my listeners know, this is not some this is not a spectator sport. I'll say this and I'll say it and I'll say it again. You have to be involved in some way at writing this because uh writing this meaning with an R, not with a W. Um, because the the stakes are just too high for our kids and for our grandchildren. People will say, like, why are you doing this? And I'll say, I have to somehow protect my children and grandchildren. This is the only way I know how. That's what it's all about. Yeah, yeah. Okay, Dr. Alan Allman, thank you again. And uh, and to all my listeners, I will be taping my next show, hopefully from home back in Israel. I should just get there safely and get all this done. And uh, and I just hope tonight people come and hear and they get taken out of their comfort zones, as I love to do. And we will be videotaping. Okay. Wow, well, so I have to wear lipstick. Yeah. Okay, I'll wear lipstick. Got it. Okay, everybody. Eve Harrow, Rejuvenation on the Land of Israel Network. Thanks to Ben and to Tabitha and to all of you. And I love when you write to me. I've been getting some very good feedback on some of my shows and also people who didn't like my show, who didn't like what the my guest was saying, which is totally fine as well. I've never promised you um, podcasts that will have you have, you know, you agree with everything someone says. We don't think about anything new if that's what's happening. It's just too easy. And I don't do easy. Eve Harrow, Rejuvenation on the Land of Israel Network. Take care, everybody. And goodbye for now. Enhance your faith. Deepen your understanding. Align your destiny with the Land of Israel. Every Sunday, the Land of Israel Fellowship features a live interactive Zoom session hosted by Jeremy Gimpel. That's the Land of Israel Fellowship, bringing the Torah from Judea to the world. For more information, visit thelandofisrael.com slash fellowship.